Good. G'day, how are you? It's Aiden Jones. You're listening to Sitting Under a Tree for Tuesday the 31st of October. October? 2023. 23rd of October? It's fucking Halloween. Something pretty spooky just happened to me. I almost didn't record this podcast. What a... What a... <laughs> What an absolute disaster that would have been. <laughs> um, I almost didn't record. I actually don't think I've missed... Yeah, I've, I think I missed one the first year I did it in Edinburgh. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> I almost didn't record because I just had a bit of a fucking nightmare with the old laptop. I was... Um, I mean, yesterday I was trying to get on the internet on my laptop. Which seems like I was trying to get on the internet on my laptop. That's literally the only thing that anyone ever does. And um, it wouldn't go on. And I, you know, like I just fucking, I was like, what? I don't know what's going on. Fuck this. Like it was too hard. I tried a few things. What did I try? I say I tried a few things. Like <laughs> I tried a couple of my tricks. What did I try? I um, I tried uh, the 5G network and then the regular version of the network from the router. And then I tried hotspotting off my phone. Hotspotting off my phone. And then uh, I think that might have been all I did. Oh, no, I tried restarting it. <laughs> and um, and then I think I just threw it in the too hard basket and just kind of got on with my day without doing whatever it was that I was trying to do. And like left, you know, like just, just like closed my laptop and was like, fuck this. And then I've come back to it today, 24 hours later opened it up and it still won't connect. And I was like, oh yeah, remember yesterday when there was that problem that you just didn't solve? It's still happening. I just thought, you know, maybe the internet just needs time to fucking relax, needs a break. Um, Been working too hard. But no, it's still there. And uh, so I tried to I tried to restart it again. <laughs> and I tried to hotspot it off my phone again. You really are just completely in the dark at that point. Like, what would you do? What else is there? I googled Mac won't connect to the internet. And it's like, have you tried to check the Wi-Fi? So I went into my housemate's room that has the router and turned that off and on again. And that didn't work. And my, my other housemate, he's connected to Wi-Fi, connected to the Wi-Fi. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so I fucking, I'm just like, I d- Google done nothing, router nothing. I was trying to factory reset my computer. I was like, fuck this, I'm bringing in the cavalry. I'm just going to factory reset my whole laptop because all of my stuff's on externals anyway. So I don't use the on like the, the inbuilt memory for like storing my files and shit so doesn't i just got to re-download all of the apps if i factory reset so i was like i'll do that and then it's asking me for my apple id and i'm typing it in and i've checked on my password save passwords on my phone it's the right password but it just won't let me do it and i reckon i couldn't factory reset my laptop because it wasn't connected to the fucking internet so i was just like what the fuck do i do and then my housemate just came in sat next to me you know what i'm really proud of myself because I realized now, like as it, we've solved it, it was a problem with the DNS, which who the fuck knows what that means or is. I know it stands for don't know something. That's what DNS stands for or don't know server or whatever. But, you know, beyond that, it, your guess is as good as mine. Um, 
but we went into some menu with the DNS servers and uh, my housemate found something that said put Google's DNS server in there. So we used like, we just typed a couple numbers into this fucking thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, number. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to sing when I'm yawning. Oh, my tea. Oh, I was trying so long that my fucking tea got cold and I drank it and I got another cup. Ow. Um, so here I've got a brand new fresh tea there. That's going to be too hot. I'm going to leave that for a second. Anyway, but we did it. We finished it, you know, like it just started working again and it was like, all right, that's done. And then my housemate went back into his room and I'm like, man, I didn't scream at anyone a single time. I didn't even raise my voice, dude. When when I was younger, that would have been a fucking nightmare. I've come in on leaps and bounds. I'm such a great person. <laughs> I just, I really, because it's like, it's a very um, emotional thing when your laptop stops working. Because now I'm thinking like, am I going to have to buy a new laptop? I don't have the money for that. How long is this going to, I'm going to fucking, my podcast isn't going to come out, you know, and I have literally dozens of people waiting for that. Um... And I just, I just, I'm starting to catastrophize. I've let everyone down. I'm a loser. I'm pathetic. I'm weak. I'm a coward. <laughs> and uh, I just know that when I was younger, I would have screamed about that. I would have flipped out. I would have had to leave, walk away. And I just, I didn't. I just sat here and just felt scared. <laughs> and isn't that great? Good on me. I'm giving myself a little pat on the back as we speak. I'm a good boy. Fucking hell, bro. I've had a nice day, actually. I'm relaxing because the next few days, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Oh, it's Monday again today. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Very busy. Lots of work. Gigs. If I'm honest, I've overcommitted. <laughs> you know what I did today? I'm writing new bits with piano. Um for the show by the way thank you to everyone who came to the trial show on thursday you'll rock it was the sickest night um the throwing shit at the wall show at the belfry i loved it i had a great time uh oh that's what i was gonna do that i forgot today i was going to go into penanka and talk to them about a new show i knew i was forgetting something who cares whatever um fuck i'll have to do that in another life. Um, I sat down today after the show because the show was great on Thursday. And look, I don't know that it was necessarily any kind of version of the final show and what it's going to be, but I think I've realized the direction that I want to take it in, which is that the moment at the end of the show that I'm leading up to where I, I have the thing that I said to my biological father displaying on the screen behind me while I play the Nocturne, that to give it context, I, I realized <laughs> I've realized that the reason that that moment was so powerful for me was it just felt like a culmination of a lot of things in my life. And, and so I'm going to set it up as that in the show. I'm going to set it up as a culmination of like all these parts and threads throughout my life kind of converging in this one moment. 
And then after that, I'll talk about why it was actually not what I was expecting at all. Um, and then each of the bits before that in the show are going to be parts of my life, you know, threads that I'm kind of leaving out there to then bring back together at the end. Anyway, and each of the bits in the show, I want to tie to one or another motif, like a little part of the music in the song. And um, I still don't quite know how that's going to work. But anyway, what I did today was I think a big part of the show is to set up um, who I am at the start as like I want to set myself up in opposition to the expectation of musical comedy, which is like Tim Minchin and Bo Burnham. And I want to be like, I'm not those fucking guys, you know. I am not going to be singing songs about climate change and 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 having anxiety and um hiding behind irony and just smiling and saying sad things through song because i'm not a fucking coward um i think what i want to do is like why why is it that i hate that stuff i don't necessarily hate it i just feel like it's you know what? I, no, I just don't like it. I think it's cringe. I think it's boring. I don't think it's interesting just to say a bad thing and like, but say it, you know, like, because I have depression. Like, okay. But like, why do you have depression or why is it bad that you have depression or like say something about the thing rather than just, I don't know. I just, it feels like kind of intellectually lazy to just, you know, what's an example of it? I'm not sure. I'm not sure what an example of it is. But um, what am I thinking about? You know, when I saw, I saw a show in Edinburgh this year that people loved and I didn't love it. And I could see the value in it. Like, I don't think it's actually objectively bad, but it was this musical comedy in this style of like, just singing things singing about things that are difficult or awkward in life but just kind of pointing them out they're just premises that's what it is when you write a song a lot of musical comedy isn't actually jokes and i feel like the difficult part about writing a joke is saying what the thing is that's wrong and then finding why you think that's funny like highlighting the absurdity with a joke so like uh a joke that I'm thinking of from my set previously is like um, the lady on the train who was screaming about a glass of wine and it was, I thought it was funny that someone who was like, looked kind of poor and, and just like, you know, like uh, she didn't look like the, the kind of person who would normally be angry about wine because normally the kind of people, the connoisseurs, of wine aren't the same kind of people who yell what i'm basically saying is it's funny to see someone drunk and and angry screaming about wine because normally those people are screaming about something else and wine is not something that you associate with people who are drunk and dirty and screaming but if you you know and then i write a joke about it but if you were singing that in a song it would just be like i saw a lady screaming about wine <laughs> <laughs> i don't know man i don't know what the fuck i'm talking about um anyway point is i think musical comedy sucks and i just is boring to me and so i want to shit on it 
And I also reckon it's easy and I reckon writing jokes is harder. And uh, so what I've decided to do is write a little bit of musical comedy. And the thing is... <laughs> Maybe I can put this in the bit. Like I, so I come out of playing the um, the nocturne, and then I kind of go like a do like a musical segue into a song that I've written that sounds. Ve- I actually think it sounds really catchy. Whatever, and I'm just like sometimes I think about the climate, <laughs> and I get scared. <laughs> Because I have anxiety. And then I just yell at the audience. You're fucking... Oh, I, I don't yell at the audience. I yell hypothetically at that person. You know, you're a fucking loser. Write a joke. Do something good, you fucking coward. So anyway, I wrote that today and I'm really enjoying it. But the funny thing is, as much as I hate that and I would never go and see that as a show, the music itself is really catchy. Like I feel like I've just... Whatever I've written... I don't know specifically what I've stolen it from, but I've stolen it from something, you know, like I've heard it a million times before. And as I'm playing it, I'm like, shit, that's actually pretty fun to play. It's really catchy. (laughs) I could see why someone would play this for ages, but I think what I want to do is still have a punchy show, which means getting the idea out really quickly. So I only want to have that. So like just all musical comedy, the songs just fucking drag on for so long. And it's like, this is one joke. This could have been 20 seconds. I don't know. I don't want to shit on other performers. What the fuck am I talking about, man? Am I in a bad mood? Let me have a sip of tea. I thought I had a nice day. You know what it is? I'm stressed about the next four days, which I know I'm just not going to get a lot of time to do stuff. I feel like I've got a lot of stuff to do right now before tomorrow I go on another one of these practice tours. I also haven't been paid for any of these tours yet, so that's kind of stressful. And I know I will, but I haven't yet. So the um, the the routine isn't established yet as to when I get paid and blah 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 blah. Uh, I'm I'm stressed because I got a lot of work coming up. I'm stressed because I don't have any free time really this week. Tomorrow I've got work, and then Wednesday I got two gigs tomorrow night, and then Wednesday straight away I have. Uh, to go down to Seaford and do my fucking test for my heavy vehicle license. And then that'll be till the afternoon. And then on, I'll come back, I'll do two gigs. And then on Thursday, I have another tour. And then on Friday, I have removalist work. So I really just have no time to myself this week. And I'm annoyed about that. All right. Well, that's pretty funny, Aiden. Yeah, fucking... <laughs> Maybe that kind of information would actually be better in a song. Because <laughs> instead of just being whinging fucking garbage, it would actually be entertaining. You f- <laughs> you know what it is, man, that I'm really looking forward to in doing this thing when I shit on musical comedy? I just am looking forward to letting out the anger that sits inside me and just giving it an arbitrary target. It's not about the musical comedians. They're fine. They do their thing, whatever. i got no problem with them. But I just have this anger inside of me and I just want to direct it at anything. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, you cunt with the fucking keyboard. <laughs> and actually, 
what the 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 desire is for me to distance myself (laughs) at the start of the show when i go hey i'm playing piano but i'm not like that and then holding up this fucking thing and then just like uh and then just ridiculing it to be like hey i'm not this and i'm going to make fun of this thing what that is is me being insecure about playing the piano and so trying to get ahead of any criticisms that people might have of me by going look i think this is lame too and i'm going to make fun of it but i'm doing it in a different way really i'm just arguing with myself actually and um maybe i could somehow have that idea be in the show anyway who cares man who gives a fuck I went to do my uh, theory for my HR license on Tuesday. It was so far away. Seaford, man, with the there's works happening on the Frankston line. It was two hours from my house to sit in a room. I mean, I sound like such a baby right now, but it was really boring. <laughs> I don't know how, how do people go and just like work at jobs man i don't know how you fucking do it i went and i sat in a room and listened to some lovely italian truck driver man talk about the rules of the road or whatever for you know i reckon it was what time i think it started at like four and i was out of there by 6 30 so i reckon we sat down for two hours and he just basically went through all of the answers to the test and I just wrote them all down and then closed my book, but I had them in my head. And then I fuck, dude, I'm like, let's get one thing straight. I fucking aced the test. Okay. But it was really boring and draining and tiring because it's just boring. I don't know how, like, is that what happens when you go to an office job? You have to go, man, I remember when I was 16 and I did work experience with my dad's mate in an office job and he had a meeting with like the state director of fucking whatever in the morning because he was starting a new role and we got into the meeting and I fell asleep in the meeting and I still have that exact same energy and outlook when it comes to just sitting in a room while someone talks (laughs) which is literally what I (laughs) that's literally my dream But when it's someone else talking, man, or when it's like talking about just stuff, oh, a nightmare. My literal idea of a nightmare. But anyway, I passed the test, got full marks, crushed it. Um, and then you know what I did on Wednesday? I was talking last week about how I had no new material and that was frustrating. On Wednesday, I did a gig and I still hadn't had really any time to sit down and write some material. Um, did I have... No, I didn't. I, yeah, I didn't have any new ideas. And so I was like, fuck this. I'm just going to do the wheelchair story again and try and riff it out. And uh, I think maybe I had like one idea to put in the story, like a tiny little germ of an idea. And I put it in there and it fucking worked. And now I'm all in on the wheelchair story. Thursday night, I closed my trial show with it. I'm telling the story. I think it's going in the show. And you know what? I think it's going to be the end of the show because, man, I've been, I've still, I'm still pulling at this thread. Today, I met, the other day, I messaged um, the journalist who interviewed me about my biological dad stuff for the ABC podcast, uh, Days Like These. 
couple years ago and we've stayed friends. She's awesome. And uh, I messaged her and said, hey, I've got this great story and I want some advice on it and on like how to basically my idea is I want to sit down with the guy who it happened to and um, oh, on Saturday, I'll get back to that. On Saturday, I worked again with the dude who told me the story. I saw him on Friday morning and I was like, hey, I've been telling that story and uh you know let me get your phone number and then he was like man i messaged him and he was like dude we're actually i saw we're gonna work together tomorrow so we worked together all day saturday had a sick day i told him how i've been telling the story on stage and some of the jokes i've been doing with it and he laughed and you know we talked about stand up and whatever and we made loose plans to hang out outside of work at some point which is nice i feel like you know a possible friend lovely and i said to him i want to talk to your mate if that's at all possible. And he was like kind of vague, like, oh yeah, maybe. <clears throat> and so I uh, I had messaged my friend from the ABC podcast who's an investigative journalist or investigates stories and just, you know, she tracked me down and got my story and there's whatever. She just, she likes stories in the same way that I do, but she's actually a professional at it and she's a journalist. And so I messaged her and I said, I'd love to get your advice on how to approach this. And I just talked to her today on the phone for a while and she was saying, what I should do is get clear in my mind exactly why I want to talk to this guy so that when I approach him or even if I don't have a line to him, but maybe I say to my, my friend, hey, this is, this is what I want out of this. This is the outcome. This is why I'm approaching him. This is why I think it could be cool and have a kind of clear thing with that. Then... Um, it's just a lot easier to actually make the approach rather than it being some really vague thing. Clarity. So I'm thinking about why do I want to talk to him, right? And the reason I did the story and I guess what I've been thinking about the story and, and why I like it so much or why I'm so compelled by it is, and the, and the reason I want it at the end of my show is that like I think that my first thought when I heard the story and he goes, and then he got out of the... By the way, if you haven't heard the story, man, you've got to go back to like, I think episode fucking 307, something like that. I've been... You missed a bunch of stuff. I'm not telling it again. <laughs> if you're new to the pod, man, somehow this has become a serialized podcast. And I think you need to go back to episode 307, about 20 something minutes in uh, for the first time I tell the story. <laughs> So the part when he um, when he gets out of bed and his legs give way and then he goes to the doctor and he's diagnosed with MS. So I heard that the first time and I was like, holy fuck. And oh my God, the yawns, baby, the yawns. And my first thought was, how is he with it now given what happened and what he did and the story with the with the man with MS previously, you know? And I, I guess what that is, is like, I think what it is, is I have this tendency in my life to blame myself um, when bad things happen. And I think, like, I do that because I'm like, well, if I blame myself and there was something I could have done, then that 
as my friend actually on the phone said today, that brings those those bad things within the realm of my control. So if I blame myself, if I go, if I just only done that or been like that or been this person, then this thing would have worked out different. Then that makes me feel good because it makes me feel like my life is within my control. And sometimes that's just not the case. Um, but I know that I have that tendency, right? To blame myself and really harsh on myself and whatever, whatever. And uh, that's really easy to do. And so in this case, when this guy has MS, like I wonder if there's a part of him, and I guess I didn't really talk to Oliver about this of having a disability, but like I guess there is a part of it. If he has that tendency to blame himself when bad things happen, well, what an opportunity to blame yourself when two weeks before you were diagnosed with this disease you'd been really disrespectful and done something awful to another person with that disease you know there would absolutely be the tendency to blame yourself and it's a way when you blame yourself of not being able to accept the sad and cruel fact of life which is that some things are just not within our control and um you know i think that's really important to accept that if you're ever going to be happy and and just be able to fucking live your life with a bit of lightness without, you know, getting down on yourself and whatever all the time. And I, I, I want to know whether this guy has been able to accept his MS diagnosis and the fact that he has this condition and is living with it and whatever. Um, and just talk to him about that journey because I feel like in talking to him about that, there would be a lot of parallels between that and like... <clears throat> my shit with my dad you know with my biological dad and like never having met him and that feels like i feel like what i'm talking about in the show is me accepting the fact that he wasn't in my life as a child and he's not going to be in my life now and the absence of him is something that is real and was in my life and also is never going to change or be fixed and it's just that and and it's not my fault and it's also not necessarily his fault i don't need to blame him i think i do a little bit but like it can just be it can just be it can just be a thing and uh the punchline that i'm working with for the for the wheelchair story at the moment is i talk about how i told it to uh someone at a party and they didn't find it funny and then we were just, you know, stuck in the weeds of conversation talking about it. And she was asking me whether I found it funny. And I was like, yes, I do. And she was like, I don't, she, you know, that upset her that I found it funny. And the punchline is I just had to accept the fact that there was no way that she was going to see it from my perspective because as I've learned, telling someone a story and hoping they'll find it funny and then they don't is actually a lot like receiving a horrible diagnosis for a debilitating muscle disease um, because all you can really do is just accept it. <laughs> I think that's the punchline for the story and I think that's the end of the show. I think that really might be the end of the show. So uh, I want to fucking talk to this guy and see how he accepted it because... I don't know, maybe that could be another part. Maybe that could help with the end of the show. Maybe it could help in my personal life, just give me a bit of catharsis. Um, and even just to talk to someone who has had something very difficult to accept in their life and 
you know, I struggle to accept the big story in my life, which is having being mixed race and never having met my biological dad growing up and having no connection to that culture. So, uh, yeah, I think that's why I want to talk to this guy. And I'm going to write that in an email and I'm going to fucking message my mate and say, hey, can I have your email address? I've got something to send to you. And then he's going to get it and I'm going to say, can you please either send this to your pal with MS or give me a direct email to him and I'll send it to him. Oh, I'm going to get him on the fucking... <laughs> I'm going to do it, man. I want it. I want it. I just, I don't know, man. It just fucking, it feels really special. <laughs> oh, I'm crazy. I'm losing my mind. Um, You know what I did on Saturday night? Oh, fucking hell, man. <laughs> I, um, I did this gig. Uh, my mate was running it and like, I just fucking, I love the guy, man. But like he made a, I think he made a poor decision, which is that he found out that this, uh, this, this, um, theater that he was running the show out, found it out that he was running the show out. He found out after he'd booked everyone that they wouldn't let him be running the sound desk and also emceeing the show. You need to have a second person to do that because that's just their rules. And uh, he didn't have enough money to pay a second person, so he decided rather than have pay someone to MC or pay someone to be on the sound desk, he would sit behind the sound desk himself and then have a fucking balloon with a face drawn on it in texture sitting on a cardboard box on the stage and then he would have a microphone from at the back of the room and that would be the MC. And like that's kind of cute and whimsical and silly, but then also the show was at 10 p.m. and there were only fucking like seven audience members there. So already they're like, is this good? And then he didn't prime them for like, hey, this is what's going on at all. <laughs> it was just like, come on, man. God damn it. And I was first and I went on and I was just like, what the fuck is this, man? What is going on here? And uh, and then, because I'd made the deal with myself that I'm trying, you know, the material that I'm trying, I was like, what's going on here? Why is there a face drawn on a balloon? What the fuck? Trying to make funny of it. And uh, there wasn't really much of a vibe in the room. And then I went straight into telling this story about a fucking guy stealing a wheelchair and pretending to have a disability. <laughs> and it did not go great. <laughs> You know what? The punchline about um, you just have to accept it. I think given the circumstances, I would say still went reasonably well in the room. But I'll really know tonight because I'm going to go do a gig down on Sydney Road tonight. And there's normally a, it's normally a pretty good read of material, this gig. So I want to go do that. Go do the Brunny. Not the Brunny, the Bergy Seltzer. But it's it's funny near the Brunny. Anyway... I reckon that might be it. Maybe. I've had some good chats here. I uh, last night did a table read of uh, my friend Luke. Wow, oh, damn it. I fucking can't pronounce his name. Wait, I'm going to say it right. I don't want to be disrespect. Luke. 
Luke uh, Wijayasinha Gray. Wijayasinha. Wijayasinha. Luke Wijayasinha Gray. And, um, so, yeah, he's a, he's a filmmaker and he's written, uh, he's put, he's, he's like made one feature film that's coming out, I believe, in December. And he's written a, a script for a second film and uh, it's called The Devil Herself. And he's doing casting for it and I asked him if I could audition and he said, yup. And um, a friend of mine put me onto an acting coach. So I called the guy and I was like, can you help me prepare for this audition? And he said a great way to figure out, to get your head around the script would be to sit down with some friends and read it out and go through it like a table read. And I was like, oh, fuck yeah. So I had a mate come around last night and we did that. We read through the script. It's 118 pages. It took about three and a half hours and it was great. I fucking loved it. It's about, uh, it's a, I won't reveal the plot, but it's about a, uh, a Sri Lankan woman who is a serial killer. It's set in the northern suburbs of Melbourne and she kills men. Um, yeah, basically that. She, kill, she kills men in a kind of, you know, romantic, like she romances them and then lures them into her place and then kills them. But it's also just like about trauma and asking ourselves, it, like the question is asked, is there anyone beyond forgiveness? Is there anyone, does everyone... Is there is there someone who could do something so awful that it couldn't be forgiven, um, and are people deserving of love no matter what they've done? And uh, it's a very powerful story, and I fucking loved it, and I really want to be a part of it. So there's a couple of characters in the story that are smaller characters that are a bit of fun, silly, and I'm really hoping I'm going to audition for them. I'm just going to give it everything, and and fuck it, it'd be cool to be a part of it. So yeah, we read through that last night. Loved it. Um, yeah, I think that's it, man. I'm still feeling good. How's this, dude? It's almost two months since I came back from overseas and I'm still feeling fucking awesome. You know? I don't even know what the title for this week's podcast is. What have I been talking about for this entire time? Oh, you know what? The photo's got to be the photo of the stage with the wonderful Alastair Tremblay Birchall on stage next to a cardboard box with a balloon on top with a face drawn on it. <laughs> and there's fucking... You can barely see anyone in the audience. There's like two heads. Oh, God. That was a rough gig, mate. I mean, they happen, don't they? Oh, another funny thing about that gig was there was... Uh, um, uh, Gordon Southern, who's, uh, you know, like he's a club comic, right? So he's probably not used to doing small gigs like that. It's just not in his, in his universe where there's like five people at a gig or whatever. Oh no, I'm sure, I'm sure he's done plenty of them, but he just, I feel like that is the kind of guy who he's like, I don't need to go to that gig anymore, you know? And uh, he got booked to headline the show last minute because someone had to pull out and I saw him show up with another comic who I reckon was also hoping to get a spot because they assumed it was going to be a good show, 10pm on a Saturday night. Got there, saw the room and they were fucking so bummed. <laughs> oh, that was so sad, man. It was awesome. Love to see it. Absolutely love to see it. Um, anyway, that photo of the stage and the fucking empty room at that show. That's going to be the photo this week. And you know what? You love to see it is going to be the title of the podcast this week. And that is the end of the podcast. You guys rock for listening. 
I appreciate you. I hope you're accepting whatever you can accept in your life. You know what? I had fucking accepted that my laptop wasn't going to connect to the internet ever again. Maybe I don't need to talk to this MS guy. Maybe I'm fucking, I'm there already, you know? I'm all good. I'm on a higher plane. I'm fucking operating at multiple levels. Can't, you don't even know. All right. I hope you guys have a good week, man. I'll catch you next week. I love you. I miss you. Goodbye. What? No, how do I sign off? <laughs> I've been Aiden Jones sitting under a tree. Peace. <laughs>